0: 710-993-WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest to breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. All right, so a lot to get into today, a lot. And we're going to be hearing from CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings a little bit later on, and then also did an interview with Charlotte City Council member Ed Driggs all about the videos. Hours worth of videos, around 30 videos released by CMPD today of the incident involving the CMPD patrol officer and the woman, Christina Pierre, uh, where he was hitting her in the leg, trying to get her to submit and give up. And we went through a lot of this. This all came out at like 9.01 a.m., and Mark Garrison was here this morning, and I was on with Bo and Beth this morning, and he and I immediately started, like, combing through all the footage and trying to look at everything, and so Mark Garrison joins us now. So, Mark, first of all, when you first started watching it, the, I mean, before you we were trying to sift through all the mountains of videos, when you first saw the first one that CMPD put out, the narration, what were your initial thoughts? You know, I think overall,
1: Brent, the thing that uh, stood out to me initially was how fast these officers uh, put Christina Pierre's boyfriend under arrest. They walked up, said, uh, is that weed? And they said, no, we bought it at a vape shop, which is not true. Uh, and then the officer just said, put your hands behind you, you're under arrest. Boom, just like that. Which, uh, that's surprised me in that CMPD typically is a little lenient on somebody
0: smoking a joint, as you and I have talked about. You know, absolutely. But then things quickly escalated, and you never hear him throughout the entire process. Like he's, I mean, I I mean, he's just like, for I mean, he resisted early, but for the most part, he was just calm and sitting on there, Anthony Lee. But she, Christina Pierre, she she just went ballistic. Yeah, from the instant that officer said, put your hands behind your
1: back, she leaped up off the bench there at the bus stop and started screaming, what have we done? What have we done? And another officer then puts his hands on her, and they are in a wrestling match at that point. And as you and I watch through several of the camera angles, then at one point, she she takes a swing and a miss at the officer, and then she lands another smack on the officer, kind of on his neck and shoulder
0: area, and at that point, he punches her and knocks her to the ground. Talking with Mark Garrison here from the WBT Newsroom. So, Mark, you know, the other thing, so when you start going through everything and sifting through it, and then towards the very, very end is an hour and 55-minute video of her being in the interview, interview room, most of which, probably 75% of which, she's by herself. Yeah. You
1: you and I sat and watched a bunch of that today, and she is just screaming at the top of her lungs, what have we done? What have we done? But in the middle of all that, she made a couple of interesting admissions. Primarily, Primarily, she said, yes, we were smoking dope, but What's, you know, what's the big deal about that? So she admitted they were smoking dope. And uh, she said they moved here recently from New York and they don't think they did anything wrong. Uh, And then when an officer said, well, you hit another officer, that's what you did wrong. And she said, she basically said, well, what do you expect? (laughs) So she admitted there that, yep, she hit the officer.
0: Yeah. And she said, what do you expect me to do? Just put my hands up when he says I'm under arrest? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that one, you know, and then she said, you know, they all worship Lucifer and Satan. And she, you know, yeah, she said she that called she's them a lot of filthy names. Right. And that she's genetically superior. Um, she did say that. And now, now we understand why her lawyer didn't want any of that interview room released to the public. Yeah, it, it,
1: certainly it did not make her look good at all. Um, the other thing that's interesting about that is. Her boyfriend was in the holding room next door, and several times he would yell in there and tell her to be quiet and calm down.
0: Yeah, exactly. She was yelling so loud they could hear through the walls. Um, I'm curious, the end result of this, the officer, um, you know, he was suspended 40 hours or one work week, and he has to go through training. CMPD admitted to me today, because I asked about it, if some of the people that they're going to help put in new policies when dealing with the public, they're putting in new protocols and policies. I'm not quite exactly sure why, but the NAACP Mm -hmm. with Charlotte's going to be part of that, as well as other outside groups. And Braxton Winston, former city council member, he's going to be part of that. So what do you think the end result is in all of this? A mess. Uh, This is a case of Johnny Jennings talking out
1: both sides of his mouth, if you think about it. So on the one hand, he goes, our officers did nothing wrong. They followed police procedure. But the officer who hit her legs hit her a few times too many, so he gets suspended. And we're bringing in Braxton Winston and the NAACP that know nothing about police work to teach us how to do something differently. I mean, that's
0: odd. That is odd. And I understand, like, you're trying to put on a brave face for the community and all that. But I that was the part that I didn't understand. We're talking about people who literally know nothing about police procedure. That's right. Trying to give um, examples and advice on how to deal with this and new protocol
1: in the case of the local NAACP director. And in the case of Braxton Winston, you've got two people who don't like cops so you're going to be asking them for advice I can't imagine this will go over well with the rank and file uh, when when they hear about that and what what procedures are going to change you've already said the cop that smacked her originally was defending himself he didn't do anything wrong the officer who was hitting her legs trying to get her to uh, submit to put her hands behind her back he just hit her a few times too many according to the chief Okay, but the chief still says he was using a
0: textbook move. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. A textbook move and trained and did what they were supposed to do. That was, that's the question. And then the ultimate question is what happens with the Charlotte City Council and yeah. any potential lawsuits? Because in the past, and this was way before I came to see him, uh, WBT, Um, In 2018, but I do know in the past, even before I got here, that if someone threatened a lawsuit against the cops, the city council would write a check just to make it go away and settle out of court, even if no charges were brought against the cops.
1: Well, you know, that's what every good ambulance chasing lawyer knows, is that sometimes it's just easier to write a check and make it go away than it is to fight it. Sometimes it's cheaper to write that check than to spend all the money to fight it. And so I suspect
0: the city will pay her. Mark Garrison from the WBT Newsroom, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a long day, Mark. (laughs) Thanks Thanks, a lot. All right, my man, thank you, sir. All right, when we come back, let's play parts of some of the highlights that i picked out out of the 30-minute press conference with CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings when we return, and then later on my interview with Charlotte City Council Member Ed Driggs. I'm Brett Jensen and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen going up until 8 o'clock tonight. Okay, so you heard me and Mark Garrison talk about the videos themselves. Well, at 2.30, an abrupt press conference was called. We got the email about 1.30, and at 2.30, CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings held a press conference and spoke for about 30 minutes about the entire situation. Here are just little pieces of highlights from the press conference.
2: Uh, So back to the internal investigation, there were a total of seven officers that were investigated for this use of force. There were seven officers, six of those officers, their cases were exonerated by the Independent Chain of Command Review Board. And one officer, Officer Pistone, who you already have the name, his allegation of use of force was sustained. Um, Officer Pistone has received uh, suspension of 40 hours and also will be required to go through additional training uh, that is deemed appropriate by the uh, uh... training academy uh... the the incident here involves seventeen strikes to miss pierre's leg and you heard me mention before that those strikes were at the peroneal nerve which is a compliance strikes when someone is not, when someone is resisting arrest and has their hands behind their back or hands underneath them, those are effective compliance strikes. If you look at the video closely, and this is where I really thank our Internal Affairs Division for being able to look at all the videos thoroughly and make that decision based on what they saw and also be very objective and be able to determine uh, every single strike that was, that had occurred during this incident. Um, Officer Pistone's first three strikes were effective. Those strikes allowed for officers to get uh, Miss Pierre's hands behind her back. The officers then proceeded to try and handcuff her as Officer Officer Pistone continued to deliver uh, 14 additional strikes to her leg. Those 14 additional strikes were determined by the independent chain of command review board that they were not justified. I concurred with that uh, and I agree with that decision. It's very difficult when officers are put in these situations and but we also have a higher we also are held to a higher regard when it comes to making decisions and just as anything that we do every single action that we take has to be justified. So had those three strikes been sufficient to get her hands behind her back, if it, if the actions would have stopped at that point, then we would not be having this discussion about a sustained violation. So Officer Pistone uh, has currently um, uh, completed the the internal investigation has been completed, on Officer Pistone, and hopefully we will be able to move forward. What, what
0: bothered you most? I know you put out a statement where the charges were dropped. What bothered you most? The assault on officer being dropped
2: or the, the gun charge being dropped? Hmm. The assault on the officer would probably be the the one thing that bothered me the most because regardless of what led up to this, our officers were within um, justification of getting out with these individuals. The officer was in justification of making the arrest. To allow for somebody to punch an officer in the face and have no uh, absolutely zero repercussions in the legal system uh, except for the initial arrest. To me, is is an insult to our officers, and we we can't live in a society where we allow people to uh, in, assault officers. If we do that, then um, it's it's going to be a, a society that I don't think we we want to be able to we want to have to live in because there has to be law and order in our community, and our police officers are um, tasked with providing that.
0: You know, the woman and her lawyers pretty much have already said that they're going to sue. Do you think the
2: city should defend any lawsuits against your officers in your department? Yeah, that's not determined by me, but, yeah, I'm biased on that, obviously. But I think we should defend everyone when we feel like that, uh, you know, there's always some litigation that's involved that uh, that people will, uh, that our attorneys will take over and and take a look at that. But um, uh, that's not for me to determine whether we should or should not. Uh, I can just weigh in on um, weigh in on the process, and that's it. Do you stand
1: by the initiation of
0: this car?
2: I do. Yes. Yeah, and be and like I've told you before, and I think what you're getting at is the fact that uh, marijuana uh, is that worth have getting out and making an arrest. Uh, what I can tell you is that, uh, like I mentioned before, one hundred and ninety four uh, violent crimes in that location, Uh, within a mile radius in the last three years. Um, Our officers are expected to be seen and visible and be out. Uh, And if uh, and and, and I'll put another perspective to it, that if if we are ignoring two people smoking marijuana, getting ready to get on a city bus and we drive by that, and this individual has a gun in his in his uh, pack that he's carrying over his shoulder, And if that individual gets on that city bus and somehow gets into altercation and uses that weapon uh, then the story is going to be about how cmpd just ignored them smoking marijuana and had we gotten out with them they would have been able to locate the gun so uh, we can that's why i talk about monday morning quarterback all the time that uh, there are different scenarios that can play out but i will say this that as long as marijuana is illegal uh, then I will I will expect my officers to address uh, open marijuana use uh, and, and marijuana sales. We just had an incident yesterday, an individual shot five times over a marijuana deal. So marijuana is not so innocent drug that we hear so much about, but if we don't want officers to address uh, misdemeanor marijuana use, uh, then make it legal.
1: Chief, everybody now.
2: I guess the short answer to that is yes, but we have to talk about culpability on both sides uh we We could go from anywhere to the point of it 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 could have never happened if officers would have ignored the marijuana. is that something you want us doing um, i don't i don't I don't want my officers in a high crime area to just ignore uh, obviously illegal activity uh, and then on the other hand um Had the arrest taken place normally like most arrests do and uh, there hadn't been interference with that arrest and we wouldn't be sitting here talking either. Uh, Just keep in mind we have uh, last year we had over 500,000 citizen contacts. Uh, We had 300 just a little over 300. I think it was 347 uh, of those contacts that have resulted in that resulted in some type of use of force. And when I say use of force, that could be something as simple as a scrape on the, uh, uh, because a handcuff scrapes somebody's wrist, uh, to using deadly force. So a very, very minute uh, uh, ideas of, con- a very minute uh, number of contacts result in any type of use of force whatsoever. And, and there's only, you know, 97% don't even result in arrest. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I wish that we can roll back to, I'm sure these officers, if they could roll back time, they would handle it differently. But uh, that's, that's, that's life, and that's what we always say. We can always look back at things that we do every single day and say, I would have done this differently.
0: So that is CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings from the press conference today. I'm sure you can go to the CMPD Facebook page if you want to see all of it and uh, see it in its entirety and, and everything else. Like I said, it lies about 30 minutes today. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. That's the telephone number to get in on the show. And, guys, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so a lot going on. Show Charlotte City Council got to view all the videos involving the CMPD officer and Christina Pierre yesterday. Now, I know for a fact they didn't look at all the videos because I asked that. Like these, there are over 30, There are about thirty videos, give or take one or two. Thirty videos that were released all at the same time. And with that being said, it takes a while to go through all of them. Some things show absolutely nothing. Some things show a lot, and some things you hear a lot. So I spoke with Charlotte City Councilmember Ed Driggs earlier today, just to talk to him about what his thoughts were on all the videos and what the thought and what the moods were like inside the Charlotte city council chamber when they were viewing it yesterday. So after watching the videos with your fellow council members, what was your takeaway from it all? I was
3: concerned about the appearance of what happened. Uh, I believe that for our relationship with the community, images like that are troublesome. Um, there are questions about uh, what particular Uh, requirements the officers complied with. Um, uh, They do have the authority to use necessary force to subdue somebody that resists arrest. Uh, But again, I, I was worried about what it looked like.
0: Talking with Charlotte City Council Member Ed Driggs. So when you look at the videos, what was your sense of who was to blame for all of this and how it escalated so quickly? Was it her fault, his fault, both of their faults, nobody's fault? What was your overall sense of this?
3: Uh, My impression was that the speed with which the situation escalated into a physical altercation was of concern. Uh, And uh, so I had a question about whether they might have been able to engage in a conversation longer than they did before we got to the point. Uh, But on the other hand, there is no question that the reaction of those two to the officers was uh wild and unruly and that the officers were within their rights and to try to deal with that situation
0: talking with charlotte city council member ed driggs i'm curious when you guys were watching the videos and everything what was the mood or the atmosphere like when you guys were watching it
3: uh i think we were all a bit gloomy uh because uh We understand the role of CMPD and the need for them to engage and keep us all safe. And we thought that this thing um, was hard to justify. And so uh, it it actually undermines the good work of almost everybody if there is a situation that doesn't look good. I will mention, though, situations like this are isolated, and we need to be clear about that. Uh, in relation to the number of interactions between the officers and the public, uh, something like this is very uncommon, and we should appreciate that. Talking with Charlotte City Councilmember Ed Driggs, so there's already
0: been a lot of threats of lawsuits being filed. Um, So do you think the city will just settle out of court if a lawsuit is filed? Do you think they'll just cut a check, as they have in the past without things going to trial, even without charges being filed against somebody? do you think the city council will just cut a check and settle?
3: Uh, I would oppose the settlement personally. And I believe we had a good basis for saying that the officers operated within the realm of the kind of training they have uh, in, to deal with violence people, right? So if there is a concern by any of us on council, uh, it's a little more qualitative or aesthetic, if you will. Uh, the minute those people started acting like that, their right to any settlement from the city went away as far as I'm
0: concerned. So that is Charlotte City Council Member Ed Driggs. Earlier today, I had a chance to talk to him. Just a brief conversation about everything involved concerning these videos, the room and the tone of the room as they were watching the videos yesterday. But again, it needs to be noted. Most people, including the media, did not know there was an entire video dump. Like, 30 videos. They, they all saw the one video, the, the main one that was put out there with a the narration by CMPD explaining what was going on, almost like a play-by-play. But they didn't see all the unedited videos, all the raw footage. Most of them didn't even know that stuff even existed. Which, I, I Tommy, what do I say all the time about local media? They make it too easy. Like, uh, How do you not know that there were 30 videos? 30!
3: Seems like something media should be aware of.
0: And the big one, which is an hour and 55 minutes long, is I think it's video number 27, is her in the interview room. And that one, where she just goes off and ballistic. And the only terms that I could, the only term that I personally could could think of was unhinged, completely unhinged. Somebody else said that she went berserk for two straight hours with practically very little of the time anyone actually in the room with her. I mean, that was not the actions of what I consider to be a sane person, even in a stressful situation. At some point, you're just going to get tired and wear out. The adrenaline is going to run out. But it didn't with her. It kept building and building and building, and it was a two-hour volcano. Let's go to the phones and we bring in TP. Thanks for calling, TP. I appreciate it, bud.
4: Hey, man. Uh, you're, you're awesome. Love everything you do, dude. But let me tell you something. Let's put it in perspective. If I'm that guy sitting on the bench, now, I don't smoke, never have, 31 years in the military and not going to do it because don't really care about it, rather drink. If I'm drinking a beer and I have a gun on me, I'm going to jail, plain and simple, I mean, if I fight with the Popo, guess where I'm going? I'm going to jail. Why are we dealing with this at all? Why can we do all this illegal stuff and not go to jail? How? Somebody please tell me at what point it's okay to fight with the police, smoke pot, and have a gun and not go to jail. And not even get charged.
0: Well, I will say this, when the external video appeared from witnesses showing officer hitting her in the leg 17 times with his knee and his fist and hard hits into her leg, they were going to go to jail and had the video never occurred, had he not hit her 17 times, maybe he only hits her four times in the leg they would wound up in jail because the district attorney would not have dropped the charges. And they dropped the charges because the video looks bad. And it's not the, – the, the video looks really bad, as we all know. But the other part is this. And yet, Yes, were they guilty? By all accounts, it appears that way. The marijuana actually tested for marijuana. It didn't come from a smoke shop like they claimed it did. They had a concealed gun. They also know that. And they assaulted an officer and resisted arrest. All those are absolutely, apparently true. But the videos of her getting hit in the leg makes it look bad. And everyone of a certain age immediately goes back to, I mean, not even like the Derek Chauvin thing with Minneapolis and George Floyd, but the Rodney Keene thing
4: back in the early 90s in L.A. Uh, I I watched that one happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I understand what you're saying, man. I'm I'm an old dude, and, and I'll say it, I'm an old white dude. OK, sorry, I just go there. But if it were, if the roles were reversed, if it was me and I had and I, and I carry a gun 24-7, OK, if I had my gun and I had the same stuff, I'm going to jail. And if so, what we've taught people today and everyone out there and the younger people, I say the younger people for a reason, because you and I are about the same age or you're close to mine all they have to do is yell and scream and fuss and whatever they've done wrong or illegal, it tends to go away or get swept under the rug because there's a video of it and there's this and there's that. And it's wrong. It's, it's wrong in so many ways. It's not, eyed baby wrong. Okay. These people need to, they need to be charged. And if the DA won't do it, I'm, There's probably a federal gun charge in there for possession of drugs with a firearm. There's probably a charge somewhere in there the federal prosecutor could put on them to make this happen. But everybody's scared of doing the right thing. That is our problem right now. Everyone's scared of doing what is right. And they just don't want the repercussions of being right and doing what the letter of the law says.
0: I appreciate the phone call, TP. Thanks, bud. You know, here's the problem. You can charge them, and the courts are backed up, way backed up, because of the, the uh, stupidity of the person that was in charge of the Mecklenburg County courts that completely shut them down for God knows how long. Well, what, over a year, maybe? 18 months, something like that? While all the other court systems were up and running all around Mecklenburg County, the genius that was at uh, Mecklenburg County Courthouse decided to keep them closed. So they are extremely backed up. And that's why at one point, I guess it was over a year ago, Spencer Mayweather got rid of a lot of the speeding charges and other traffic violations just because they didn't have the time and the manpower to go through all these things. So all that being said, if the charges had stayed... While look, I think it's all—it's all pretty evident that they were guilty of what they were accused of, right? Everything like it seems to be rather cut and dry. The problem is when you see—I will not even say white man and black woman because she was a big woman, five eight, one eighty, big girl. But when you see a cop hitting a woman in the leg repeatedly as hard as he can with his fist 17 times, It's even if they're guilty, the emotional response to that will be difficult to find the the people guilty because of this. The video will make a lot of people, especially, and if you want to bring race into it, it, it's going to be probably, it might be, my assumption is, and I know what happens when you assume, but it might be a little even harder to convince black people or Hispanic people to find guilty because of the video. Just wearing her out in the leg. Some could easily argue that it's she brought it upon herself. Some could easily argue that. And a lot of people would say that. But at the exact same point, can you get a conviction that's what it boils down to. Can you get in a conviction? They might have been able to convict him of carrying a concealed weapon, but probably the other charges are probably thrown away. And I don't know, maybe he had the gun legally, just illegally concealed. So I, that's the problem. Can you get a conviction? At the end of the day, Can you get a conviction, considering the stress in our courts, considering the stress in the district attorney's office?" At the end of the day, that's what an old bull is down to. And they felt like, no, we can go to court, but the odds of us getting a conviction are pretty small. All right, when we come back, we'll take more of your phone calls. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to the final few minutes here on Breaking with Brett Jensen. Haven't got a lot of time, so we want to go to Ed. Ed's been waiting patiently. So, Ed, thanks for calling, bud. I appreciate it.
5: Hey, Brad, I really enjoy your show. It's nice that you take a different look at some of these city issues.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I
5: I wanted to ask about unintended consequences. Has anybody asked Spencer Merriweather if he's okay with those two to three Young black men who get killed on the west side of town with the guns every weekend, and if nobody has, let's ask him why he left this gun on the streets.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean, you see where you, know, you I mean, see where i'm going with this. I mean, if they're going to gonna, gonna abandon them are very valid questions,
5: yeah, if they're going to abandon a gun on the streets and they've got valid charges, the officers had probable cause. It was a good stop. It was disappointing that the young female acted that way, but that's a good arrest for the gun. Why did the DA's office let it go? And then, in the same subject of unintended consequences, why is it so hard for CMP to keep, CMPD to keep officers on the street? Why are we 300 to 400 officers short? Well, I would say Spencer Merriweather's got some culpability in that, in that situation. Can we ask him those questions?
0: Well, you know, and the big thing is, Ed, you know, when you look at all this, like I said, the marijuana charge and all the videos and everything looks bad. And they may have gotten off like resisting arrest and assault on an officer in the marijuana. They probably would have gotten off on that or highly likely. But the gun thing, you can't, that's the one thing. Like, you know, although Johnny Jennings said today when I asked the question, which one upset him more, the gun charge being dropped or the assault on an officer being dropped? And he said the assault on an officer upset him more than the gun charge because it means that people can just do whatever they want, whenever they want to a cop. And that's not the way it should be. But but either one. Yeah, they're, they're both troubling. And I, I, I tend to think and I'm not trying to speak for Spencer, but my guess is that, again, it comes back to the video. Had there been no video? and no one saw them, they both probably would have been arrested, especially her, she would have been arrested and spent time in jail. But because of the videos, people lost their mind and was immediately scared of the George Floyd situation.
5: Well, if Spencer's a fan of crime and punishment, if he's a fan of justice, he had an opportunity to spring off of this terrible video to either say we're going to stand for justice even though it looks bad, or we're just going to fold like a lawn chair because it has, it has the smell of something that might have been poorly done. However, it's worth mentioning the officer was inside of his policy, and he was inside of
0: the law, and he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he hit her 17 times. Was she resisting and out of her mind? Sure. And, and I appreciate the phone call. We literally have 20 seconds. So here's what I suggest to everyone. Go to, go to the, the, the Twitter account of CMPD. Look at the link that they put out and go look at all the videos on YouTube, including the two-hour video of her sitting alone in the room. It's unbelievable. All right, everyone, until tomorrow, have a great night. I'm Brett Jensen. You've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.